I want that diagram, Brain. Um, it's at my place, Duke. But Duke, <clears throat> that Pliskin said something about a time limit. What time limit? On him. That's a lot of crap. What did I teach you? Uh, you, you are Duke of New, New York. You're uh, A number one. I can't hear you. You are the Duke of New York. You're A number one. Give me the diagram. Duke, don't kill Pliskin. We need him. Get moving, brain. I'm Captain Kirk. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present the winners of the 74th Annual Hunger Games. I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. My name is Optimus Prime. I am the Futurist of War. Resistance is futile. Straight flows from the force, but beware of the dark side. Oh. 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 Iron Man, that's kind of catchy. It's got a nice ring to it. I mean, it's not technically accurate. It's a gold titanium alloy. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. This is a uh, reach call. You're listening to Trex and Sci-Fi. Hello, everybody. This is Mark Daniels from the Great Pacific Northwest, and you are listening to Trex in Sci-Fi. This is episode 835 for Sunday, October 3rd, 2021. I'm back this week with another classic science fiction movie. Today's movie is a cult classic from 1981. It's John Carpenter's Escape from New York. Before I get into today's podcast, I want to thank Rico for giving me this opportunity to share with all of you another classic science fiction movie. I also want to thank everyone who took the time to listen to me today. I hope you enjoy it. With that said, I'm going to play the trailer to Escape from New York. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the rest of the podcast. I'll be back after the trailer with some movie information, and then we'll get into today's movie. New York, 1997. The entire city is a walled maximum security prison. The bridges are mined. The rivers are patrolled. And the United States Police Force has everything under control.
Winters, Escape from New York, the high adventure of the future. One man must go in where no man has ever gotten out. And if he comes back alone, his nightmare has just begun. Who are you? John Carpenter's Escape from New York. Heard you were dead. This stuff is like gold around here, you know. Escape from New York is a 1981 American science fiction movie directed by John Carpenter and produced by Larry Franco and Deborah Hill. The screenplay was co-written by John Carpenter and Nick Castle. The score was composed and performed by John Carpenter and Alan Howarth. Escape from New York was released on July 10, 1981 and has a running time of 1 hour and 39 minutes. The production budget for this movie was $6 million, and it grossed $25.2 million. And here's the cast, starting at the top. Kurt Russell as Snake Plissken. Lee Van Cleef as Police Commissioner Bob Houck. Ernest Borgnine as Cabby. Donald Pleasance as President John Harker. Isaac Hayes as the Duke of New York. Harry Dean Stanton as Harold Brain Hellman. Adrian Barbeau as Maggie. That's it for movie information. Let's get into today's movie. Escape from New York starts with a prologue. In 1988, the crime rate in the United States rises 400%. The once great city of New York becomes one maximum security prison for the entire country. A 50-foot wall is erected along the New Jersey shoreline, across the Harlem River, and down along the Brooklyn shoreline. It completely surrounds Manhattan Island. All bridges and waterways are mined. The U.S. police force, like an army, is encamped around the island. There are no guards inside the prison, only prisoners and the world they made. The rules are simple. Once you go in, you don't come out. So here's a quick synopsis of today's movie. In 1997, a major war between the United States and the Soviet Union is concluding when Air Force One is hijacked and crashes into the island of Manhattan. The president is taken hostage by a group of inmates. Snake Plissken, a former Special Forces soldier turned criminal, is recruited to retrieve the president in exchange for his own freedom. That's the story in a nutshell. In my first clip, Air Force One, while flying to a peace summit, is hijacked by a terrorist from the National Liberation Front of America. The president is given a tracking bracelet and is handcuffed to his briefcase before being escorted to the escape pod. The plane crashes into Manhattan Island, but the pod survives. Tell this to the workers when they ask where your leader went. We, the soldiers... 
of the National Liberation Front of America. In the name of the workers and all the oppressed of this imperialist country have struck a fatal blow to the racist police state. What better revolutionary example than to let the president perish in the inhuman dungeon of his own imperialist prison? The bosses of the racist Unlock the pod. She's bolted the door. Can't you shoot off the lock? No, sir. She's pressurized the cabin. How about lifting the door off at the hinges? No, sir. Get me to the pot. locating device to trace you if you become separated from the pod. I'm activating it now. God save me and watch over you all. In my next clip, the police are dispatched to rescue the president. Romero, the right-hand man of the Duke of New York, the overall crime boss, warns that the president has been captured and he will be killed if there are any further rescue attempts are made. They touch me, he dies. If you're not in the air in 30 seconds, he dies. If you come back in, he dies. Twenty seconds. I'm ready to talk. Nineteen. Eighteen. What do you want? Seventeen. Sixteen. Let's go. Let's go. In the next clip, Police Commissioner Hauk offers a deal to Snake. If he rescues the president in time for the peace summit, Hauk will arrange a full presidential pardon. I'm not a fool, Bliskin. Call me Snake. S.D. Pliskin. American, Lieutenant, Special Forces Unit, Black Light. Two Purple Hearts, Leningrad and Siberia. Youngest men to be decorated by the president. He robbed the Federal Reserve Depository. Life sentence. New York Maximum Security Penitentiary. I'm ready to kick your ass out of the world, war hero. Who are you? Hauk, police commissioner. Bob Hauk. Special Forces Unit, Texas Thunder. We heard of you too, Pliskin. Why are we talking? I have a deal for you. You receive full pardon for every criminal action you've committed in the United States. It was an accident. About an hour ago, a small jet went down inside New York City. The president was on board. President? That's not funny, Pliskin. You go in, find the president, bring him out in 24 hours, and you're a free man. 24 hours, huh? I'm making you an offer. Bullshit. Straight, just like I said. I'll think about it. No time. Give me an answer. Get a new president. We're still at war, Pliskin. We need him alive. I don't give a fuck about your war. Or your president. Is that your answer? I'm thinking about it. Think hard. Why me? 
You flew the Gulf fire over Leningrad. You know how to get in quiet. You're all I've got. I guess I go in one way or the other. Doesn't mean shit to me. Give me the paper. When you come out? Before. I told you I wasn't a fool, Buskin. Call me Snake. In my next clip, Hauk has Snake ejected with micro-explosives that will sever his carotid arteries in 22 hours. If Snake is successful, Hauk will neutralize the explosives. Some of them have cars. They took old junkers that were left behind, converted them to steam. We think they may also have a gasoline source in there. And power. Greenhouses, rigged up generators. Some areas have streetlights. The crazies. They live in the subways. Complete control of the underground. They're night raiders. Tracer, sends a radio signal for 15 minutes. If you push it, we can track you on radar. Just like Leningrad. But they added something a safety catch. Where am I landing? Top of the World Trade Center, only place you can land. They won't see it and you can take off from a free fall. On the roof is a service elevator. It's still operational. We use it to infiltrate the prison. There's a power box. It'll activate the elevator down to 50. From there on down, you walk. You can locate the president by his vital signs bracelet on his wrist. Sends off a sync pulse. Use this. Homing device. Shows direction and distance. Strong antitoxin stops bacteria and viral growth for 24 hours. Take off your jacket. I'll be all right. Let's go, Puska. I don't like needles. Twenty-two hours, fifty-nine minutes, fifty-seven seconds. We talked about twenty-four. In twenty-two hours, the Hartford summit meeting will be over. China and the Soviet Union will go back home. Now, the president was on his way to this summit when his plane went down. He has a briefcase attached to his wrist. The tape recording inside has to reach Hartford in 22 hours. What's on it? Do you know anything about nuclear fusion? All right. It's a survival of the human race, Pliskin. Something you don't give a shit about. I'm going to inject you. I'll sting for a second or two. That's it, Pliskin. Tell me. Tell me what? That idea you had about turning the Gulf fire around 180 degrees and flying off to Canada. What did you do to me, asshole? My idea, Pliskin. Something we've been fooling around with. Two microscopic capsules lodged in your arteries. They're already starting to dissolve. In 22 hours, the cores will completely dissolve. Inside the cores are a heat-sensing charge. Not a large explosive. About the size of a pinhead. Just big enough to open up both your arteries. I'd say you'd be dead in 10 or 15 seconds. Come on. 
home. They're protected by the courts. Fifteen minutes before the last hour's up, we can neutralize the charge with X-rays. We'll burn out the charges if you have the president. What if I'm a little late? No more Hartford Summit, and no more Snake Plissken. When I get back, I'm gonna kill you. The Gulf Fire's waiting. Using a stealth glider to land on top the World Trade Center, Snake follows the tracking bracelet to a vaudeville theater, only to find it on the wrist of a deluded old man. Convinced that the president is dead, Snake radios Hauk, but is told that if he will be shot down if he returns without the president. In my next clip, Snake meets a friendly New York cabbie. You're Snake Plissken, ain't you? What do you want? Nothing. I thought you were dead. Hey, you don't want to walk around down there, Snake. In my next clip, Snake meets a female inmate while hiding from the crazies. You a cop? No. You got a gun. You got a smoke? Keep your hand over it. It's all right if we're quiet, they won't hear us. Hey, this is a real one. You just get in? What's going on out there? Crazies. End of the month, they're out of food. You live here? Skulls? Are you kidding? I'm with the Turks now. I just got caught on the street after dark, and I'm stuck here all night. Plane crashed seven hours ago near 8th Avenue. Did you see it? No. Shit. You're a cop. I'm an asshole. Wait a minute. I know who you are. Yeah, but I heard you were dead. I am. Wow, Snake Plissken, all right. What you doing in here with a gun, Snake? Looking for somebody. Who? The president. Come on. He really here? Somewhere. Can you find him? gonna take him out? Mm-hmm. Take me out with you, Snake. Why? I can think of lots of reasons why. In my next clip, Cappy saves Snake from a gang of crazies. Where you going, buddy? Neighborhood snake. You don't want to be walking from the Bowery to 42nd Street at night. <laughs> I've been driving a cab here for 30 years, and I'm telling you, you don't walk around here at night. <laughs> yes, sir. It'll kill you and strip you in 10 seconds flat. Usually, I'm not done around here myself, but I wanted to catch that show. This stuff is like gold around here, you know. It's like gold. <laughs> hey, 
Hey, Snake, when'd you get in? I didn't even know they caught you. <laughs> oh, Snake Fliskin in my cap? <laughs> Wait till I tell Eddie. <laughs> hey, hang on, Snake. <laughs> hey, uh, what were you doing back there, Snake? Looking for somebody. Well, why didn't you ask me? Hell, I know everybody in this town. Yes, sir, I've been driving this cab for 30 years. This very same cab. I'm gonna ask you. Now, where's the president? Uh, the Duke got him. Everybody knows the Duke's got him. Well, you don't have to put a gun to my head, I'll tell you. Who's the Duke? The Duke? The Duke of New York, eh, number one? The big man, that's who. That's real good. I want to meet this Duke. You can't meet the Duke. Are you crazy? Nobody gets to meet the Duke. You meet him once and then you're dead. In my next clip, Cabby takes Snake to meet Brain, who turns out to be an old friend of Snake's. Hey, you remember this place, Snake? Used to be a public library. <laughs> oh, that Brain, he's the greatest. <laughs> Mr. Fabulous. The Duke loves him. Who's that? That's Maggie. Brain squeeze. <laughs> the Duke gave it a brain just to keep him happy. <laughs> See what I mean? <laughs> Heard you were dead. Brain? Brain? Brain! <laughs> I brought somebody to see you. Harold Hellman. Snake? Harold? How you been, Harold? It's been a long time. You never told me you knew Snake Fliskin, Bray? Isn't that great? Hey, Bray, I can use some gas and you can spare some. I'm glad you remember me. Yeah. Man should remember his past. Kansas City, four years ago, you ran out on me. You left me sitting there. You were late. We were buddies, Harold. You, me, and Fresno Bob. You know what they did to Bob? Hmm? You want to see him sprayed all over that map, baby? Where's the president? I swear to God, Snake, I don't know. Don't fuck with me. Why do you want to know? I want him. Working for the man now, huh? I'll just beat it out of your squeeze. Mm-hmm. Maggie doesn't know exactly where he is, and unless you know exactly, precisely where he is, you'll never find him. Listen, I'll take you out of here. Yeah. Jet glider just a couple of blocks down the street. Now all you gotta do is get me to him. No kidding? On the level? Hey, will you take me too? We got a deal somewhere else. No glider. We've got the president. And the Duke's taking everybody out of here. Never happened, baby. You see, I know something you and the Duke don't know. Only got so long before Mr. President doesn't mean a whole lot. You lie. Maybe he's not. I know him. Look at his face. He's lying. Right, Harold. I'm lying. So 
I might as well have some fun and keep looking by myself. Rain, talk to him, baby. Rain, you'll kill us both. Rain, you gotta tell him. Tell him. All right, all right. You always were smart, Harold. Just one thing, right now. Don't call me Harold. In the next clip, Snake is captured by the Duke and his men while trying to escape with the president. Friend of yours, Brain? He had a gun on me, Duke. There was nothing I could do. Uh Uh-huh. Who are you? Snake Pliskin, Duke. The man sent him in here. Something's going down. We need him. Snake Pliskin. I've heard of you. I heard you were dead. While Snake is forced to fight in a death match against a mountain of a man named Slag, Brain and Maggie kill Romero and flee with the president. Snake kills Slag and finds Brian, Maggie, and the president at the top of the World Trade Center, trying to escape in the glider. After a band of inmates pushes the glider off the building, destroying it, the group returns to the street level and encounters Cabby, who offers to take them across the bridge. Cabby reveals that he bartered with Romero for the contents of the briefcase, a cassette tape which contains information about nuclear fission. Intended to be an international peace offering, the president demands the tape, but Snake claims it. The Duke pursues them in his customized Cadillac. Brain guides Cabby through the minefield when they hit a mine and Cabby is killed. As they continue on foot, Brain is killed by a mine. Maggie refuses to leave Brain, shooting at the Duke's car until she was run down. Snake and the President reach the containment wall and the guards hoist the President up. The Duke opens up with Snake's gun and kills the guards before Snake subdues him. He attempts to shoot Snake as he is being lifted up by the rope when the president opens up and kills the Duke with one of the guard's rifles. Commissioner Hauk's doctor is there and saves Snake's life with only seconds to spare. As the president prepares for a televised speech to the leaders at the summit meeting, he thanks Snake and tells him that he can have anything he wants. All Snake wants to know is how the president feels about the people who died saving him. The president offers a half-hearted regret and lip service for their sacrifice, and Snake walks away disgusted. In my next clip, Commissioner Hawk is impressed with Snake and offers him a job. You gonna kill me now, Snake? I'm too tired. Maybe later. I've got another deal for you. 
I want you to think it over while you're resting. I want to give you a job. We'd make one hell of a team, Snake. The name's Pliskin. The president's live speech commences, and he plays the cassette tape. To his embarrassment, it only plays Cabby's favorite song, Bandstand Boogie. As Snake walks away, he intentionally tears the magnetic tape out of the cassette, destroying the actual message that was intended to be delivered by the president. And that's the end of today's movie. Now it's time for some movie trivia. Escape from New York was filmed in St. Louis because of a disaster. Though the film takes place in New York City, John Carpenter said he and his crew couldn't film some of the more ambitious scenes there because it would have tied up the whole city too much. So they went looking for an alternate location and found one in St. Louis. You probably wonder why St. Louis? Well, here's why. A few years prior to filming, a fire destroyed parts of the city waterfront, leaving large areas of ruined buildings and empty streets that provided the perfect post-apocalyptic look. You would see these huge blocks of burnt-out buildings that would went on forever and ever and ever as far as you could see, producer Deborah Hill said. Carpenter was essentially given free reign to shoot in the city at night and cover the streets with debris to craft a perfect look for Snake Plissken's journey. Escape from New York was originally started with a bank robbery. When we first meet Snake Plissken, he's already a notorious prisoner and former war hero being given a shot at freedom. But Carpenter's original plan was to show the audience how he landed in prison in the first place. Carpenter initially shot an elaborate opening sequence featuring Snake and an accomplice pulling a bank robbery, then fleeing on a hot-wired train before being captured. If you're interested in seeing that beginning, it's on YouTube. Next, the name Snake Plissken came from a real person. When writing the original script for the film, Carpenter was in search of a name for his main character, and it just so happened that a friend of a friend actually knew a person named Snake Plissken, who Carpenter described as kind of a high school tough guy, complete with snake tattoo. It was too perfect to pass up. John Carpenter had had to fight to cast Kurt Russell as Snake Plissken. At the time of the film's production, Kurt Russell was an actor best known for his work in Disney projects like The Computer That Wore Tennis Shoe. He wasn't an action star, but Carpenter thought he was the choice for the part. The studio, on the other hand, wanted a star like Tommy Lee Jones or Chuck Norris for the part. Carpenter dismissed Norris as too old and preferred Russell over Jones, so he fought for his young star and eventually won. James Cameron was part of the Escape from New York's crew. To pull off the film's special effects, Carpenter turned to Roger Corman's New World Pictures. For one particular sequence, in which security forces dropped food for the prisoners via helicopter, Carpenter needed matte paintings to simulate the New York skyline, since they weren't actually shooting in New York. One of the artists that produced those paintings was James Cameron, who worked for New World at the time and would go on later to direct Titanic and Avatar. Snake Plissken's eye patch in Escape from New York was Kurt Russell's idea. One of the most iconic things about the film is Snake Plissken's eye patch, and apparently it wasn't in the script. According to Russell, he suggested it to Carper, who immediately likened the idea to, the, to a favorite Western hero. I said, John, I think a lot of guys would have gone, 
Well, I don't know. But John immediately went, that's great. I don't think anybody's worn an eye patch since John Wayne and, and True Grit. John Carpenter hired a pro wrestler to fight Kurt Russell in Escape to New York. For the sequence in which Snake has to fight a fellow prisoner gladiator style, Carpenter hired an actual pro wrestler, Ox Baker, who was so rough and real when rehearsing the fight scenes that Russell's stuntman only gave him one piece of advice. Good luck. Russell had the last laugh, though, because he had to hit Baker in the back of the neck with an actual baseball bat studded with nails. A piece of padding was attached to Baker's neck to absorb the blow, but Carpenter and Russell recalled that the wrestler was a little on edge before the stunt took place. Jamie Lee Curtis made a cameo and escaped from New York. Three years prior to Escape from New York, Carpenter directed his breakout hit, the slasher film, Halloween, which also proved to be his B breakout film for Jamie Lee Curtis. If Halloween hadn't worked out, its doubtful Carpenter would have made Escape from New York, so he called upon his Halloween star to participate when it finally happened. You won't see Curtis in the film, but you'll hear her. She voices the narrator and the computer. One shot from a Escape from New York was filmed in John Carpenter's garage. According to Russell, there's only one character in the film other than himself that Snake Plissken cares about. Maggie, the tough woman played by Carpenter's then-wife, Adrienne Barbeau. So for one of the only real moments of emotion in the film, her death, Carpenter wanted to make it clear that Maggie was really gone. The problem with that was he never shot the footage of Maggie's body only of her being hit by the Duke's car. So to fix it, Carpenter later added a shot of her body that he and Barbeau filmed in his own garage. That's it for movie trivia. Now it's time for the Star Trek connection. Everybody knows I'm a big Star Trek fan and I try to find a Star Trek connection in every movie or TV show I watch. Escape from New York has one Star Trek connection, believe it or not. It's Adrienne Barbeau. She played Maggie. Brain's girlfriend in today's movie. She also played Kamira Kretek, a Romulan senator in Deep Space Nine's seventh season episode, Inter Armor Inem Silent Leges. I hope that's right. And that's it for the Star Trek connection. Here are my comments about Escape from New York. In preparation for today's podcast, I rewatched the 2003 DVD release from MGM Home Entertainment. It comes with a 16 by 9 widescreen version or the 4 by 3 standard version. This is a bare bones DVD. It has one special feature and it's the original theatrical trailer. That's it. The picture and sound quality are pretty good on this DVD. I remember going to the Coliseum Theater in uh, downtown Seattle in 1981 to see this movie. I remember it because I had just got out of high school like four or five months early, earlier. And I remember going to see it and it only cost like two or three bucks. Um, those of us of a certain age will remember back when movie theaters only had one movie and you had a choice to go up to the balcony and they didn't run you out. After the movie, you could stay and watch three or four movies. Remember those days? Those were good days. Um, Escape from New York is a good action movie. I like it a lot. I can't tell you how many times I've seen this movie on Showtime or HBO over the years. Um, I think everybody in the cast did an excellent job from Kurt Russell down to the lady that got pulled through the floor. 
She did a great job. And by the way, that was Kurt Russell's wife at the time. Her name is Susan Hubley. Anyway, I believe that Kurt Russell was born to be Snake Plissken. He is it. I mean, those that play video game know that Snake Plissken was the uh, the model for uh, Solid Snake in the video game. Lee Van Cleef was great as police commissioner hack. I was used to seeing him in Spaghetti Westerns, so he just seemed out of place, but he did a really good job. Um, Ernest Borgnine was great as Cabby. I remember watching him as a kid in McHale's Navy. Uh, Harry Dean Stanton was also great. I remember him from Kelly's Heroes and Alien. Um, Adrian Barbeau was great as Maggie. I remember her. She was in Maud. She played Maud's daughter. And Isaac Hayes was great as the Duke. He was perfect for that role as well. I This is the first time, I only thing I've seen him act in. And he did a good job as the Duke of New York. But I just always thought he was a music composer, you know, because he did the soundtrack for Shaft and won Academy Award for that. So that's all I know him for. Um, I like the story. The whole idea of New York becoming a max, maximum security prison is pretty original. I like that. But I also like the Man on a Mission storyline with Snake. You know, I like those kind of movies. Man on a Mission or Team on a Mission. You know, like Where Eagles Dare, uh, Guns in Navarone, stuff like that. Uh, I think the location was perfect. I mean, I didn't realize it wasn't shot in New York. I just thought New York looked like that. But the whole idea of it's shot in Los uh, St. Louis and due to a fire, I mean, it was a good choice for the movie. And it looked it looked great. Um it's one of those movies that I I really, really enjoyed re-watching it for the podcast. But anytime it's on TV and I see it, I'll sit down and watch it. It's one of those movies. And it's definitely worth watching. Um, on a scale from one to ten, I'll give Escape from New York a solid seven and a half. It's not a it's not the world's best movie, but it is good, it's entertaining, and it's a fun watch. And those are my comments for Escape from New York. That's it for today's podcast. Before I wrap up today's podcast, I want to thank Rico again for giving me this opportunity to share with all of you another classic science fiction movie. I also want to thank everyone who took the time to listen to me today. I hope you enjoyed it. Rico will be back next week on the podcast. I'll end today's podcast with the main title theme to today's movie. But I'll be back soon with another classic science fiction movie. Until then, everyone take care. This is M5 signing off.